You're listening to Established, a podcast at Chess Mountain Church. What is up, Established Podcast? It's your girl, Kelsey, with my co-host, Young DB. What's up? Young wow. Kelsey. Wow. No pushback on just a casual BB today. No. Nope. Feel encouraged. <laughs> We're still early in the season, <laughs> so there's plenty of time to call you other things, but today just a just a young BB. Just a young Brandon Bridge Farmer. I know you feel young. We are. We're doing really well at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Super inviting, very intriguing. I'm sure that there will be no listeners that turn this off after hearing this kind of intro. Yep. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Listen, I gotta be honest. You know, some days you just kind of like struggle a little extra. Yep. And today's just been one of those. I was really proud of myself because I got up early, like... We're talking an alarm went off in the fours this morning. Wow. Yeah. I got up, went to the gym, worked out. The amount of people that were at the gym in the 530 range was truly infuriating. (laughs) There should never be that many people (laughs) awake and in the same place as me at that hour. But you know what? I went, I did it. And ever since then, I feel like my brain is moving at least 10 miles per hour slower than it typically would. Well, at least you got the workout in, you know? You know, some would say that the grind never stops, so. Wow. I don't know who's saying that, but they probably should stop. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> it never stops. They can't. It just never, ever Stop. So because of that, my brain's just moving a little bit slow. I don't know what your excuse is today, but that's fine. Maybe yours isn't moving slow. Maybe know. you just like watching me struggle. Mine's just always slow. That's okay. That's okay. Well, we might as well just jump right into it. Huh? Don't you think? <laughs> what can hurt? Oh, nothing. <laughs> just going to have us a fruitful little conversation about the end of the Christian habit still picking up where we left off last season. So we got one more, technically two more, but two and one habits to tackle today. We're going to be talking about service and stewardship. Let's do it. Mm. So BB. (laughs) So Kelsey. How would you explain service? How would I explain service? Yeah. Uh, I would say that service is uh, any giving of yourself and of your time to uh, the needs and the actions for others and for God. Um, not that God has needs, but uh, to the actions of what is needed for the kingdom. Uh, so service is not something that is primarily about you. It's primarily about giving of yourself. And so this plays out in a lot of different ways. Um, but the word service could be confusing because we go to Sunday service. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to serve projects and we serve in volunteer roles. So when we were talking about service today, what we're going to be talking about is more of that, like when you go and you 
provide uh, service in and giving of yourself and of your time. So can you have service without sacrifice? Uh, no. Sacrifice is going to look different. So sacrifice doesn't have to be, because when I hear the word sacrifice, I'm thinking um, something that isn't enjoyable, right? Mm-hmm. Something that takes something from me. Yeah. That's usually painful. And ser- service in the church is going to cost you something, but it usually is going to be an enjoyable uh, thing. So I think uh, I think it is going to sacrifice. So you're sacrificing your time. Uh, you might be sacrificing some level of comfort. Um, but at the end of the day, hopefully it's not a begrudging, like this isn't enjoyable. Right. Um, but yeah, how would you define it? Hmm. I think that, well, when I think about service, I naturally think about sacrifice, but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't view sacrifice as being necessarily a negative term. I mean, yes, in the sense that you have to lose something to gain something else. Yeah. But ultimately, I think service is just giving of yourself. That's good. I mean, it, it has to be a level of inconvenience to you for it to reach somebody else. Mm-hmm. And when I think about, I don't know, we talked about a lot of different scripture in this week, but thinking about Luke 22, the way that Jesus describes himself, that he did not come to be served, but he came to serve. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about service, and I'm taking from that, I'm also hearing that service has no status. Yeah. That you don't just serve people that are above you. You don't just serve people that maybe have more to offer than you do. Um, But if Jesus came to serve, blanket across the board, not to be served with no expectation to be served, but to serve others, then I got to think that I mean, it's for everybody. It's just valuing other people more than you value yourself. And that demands a response out of you to sacrifice something of you out of love for your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think we miss, uh, in the church, we miss this because we want, we want it to be easy and we want it to be, um, on our own schedule and our own timeline. Right. Yeah. So when we, but when we look at the example of Jesus, what you're pointing out is that Jesus didn't come, like, in, in all understanding of who He is, Son of God, part of the Trinity, uh, God, holy. Uh, then it, it makes no sense why He would come in, and stoop to the lowest level, right? And, and meet, and and sit with people that He shouldn't be with in all aspects of who he is or uh, do the things that he does. But because that's who he is, he came not to be served, but to serve and to be the example of what that looks like. Why would that not be the way that we as Christians carry ourselves? Why would we not desire 
to be someone that says, hey, I want less of me and more of you. And what that means is I lay down my comfort. I lay down my, uh, I lay down my ultimate desires. I lay down, uh, I lay down these things that aren't bad things ultimately so that I can, um, I can make much of Jesus through all things. And so service is that like, I think as the believer, you're going to experience in your serving, hopefully you experience like the uh, fruit of the spirit. So you will experience peace and joy, but in the same sense, like it can't be primarily about you. And I think we make service a lot of times about us uh, and what we get from it and what, what is, what's in it for me. And I think anytime that becomes the mindset of the believer when it comes to how we serve, we're always going to walk away frustrated. We're always going to walk away hurt, uh, annoyed, and, and it won't last. So the burnout for that, there's a lot of reasons why someone can burn out in service, but I think a lot of the reason is because we have the wrong goal in mind. Um, we're expecting something. Ultimately, we put our what we're going to get from it as a top priority. Instead of um, that mindset of this is the example Jesus had. Jesus Jesus did the lowest of low acts with the disciples, right? He washed the feet. Right. And he said, hey, I didn't come here that you would just elevate me ultimately and, and I would be lazy and you do everything for me. I came to set the example of what it looks like to live in the kingdom. And to be, and Jesus said, the first shall be last and the last shall be first, right? And this is the kingdom, radical, countercultural mindset of like, um, we're taught everything should be about us and what we get. And service says, hey, no, 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 I want it to be about who God is and what he's done on our behalf. So it's less of me and more of you. And, and so that means humbling myself and doing it. Now, there's so many aspects to this, what this looks like. I think um, learning your gifting and learning what God has wired you to do will help you walk in the joy of the Lord better than if you're doing something that you're that God has not designed you to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. So does that does that scapegoat us of serving where we are only no. gifted? So service itself is a spiritual gift. Right. So how do we separate the fact that we are all called and expected to be obedient in serving, um, but some people are more gifted naturally, mm -hmm. spiritually mm -hmm. in serving than, than others? Yeah, I think, I think we can oftentimes, we'll use like our giftings as a cop out for what we can't do. Yeah. Um, but the Christian life is about dying to yourself that you might live to Christ. So I can't say, well, I'm not gifted in the gift of, like, that's not one of my strong suits, so I'm just not going to serve. Well, that's nonsense. Like, Christ has called you to do this. Yeah. But also understanding, like, so I think of, uh, let's use Pastor Brian as an example. Pastor Brian has tons of gifts. Uh, tons of talents, tons of things that he's really good at. Mm -hmm. and one of the things that God has called him to do is to be a steward of his word, to be a teacher of the word of God. Yeah. And that is a way Brian serves people and serves the church and helps build the kingdom of God is by teaching scripture. Right. 
And then there's other people that are gifted with hospitality and they serve behind the scenes and no one really sees what they're doing. Right. That gift is not any less and that service is not any less. It's absolutely necessary for the body. That's why Paul talks about it in Corinthians that the body is many members and he uses the example of the human body. And so, but, but the reality is every Christian, when they're walking in the gifting that God has given them, their spiritual gifts, they are in and living it out for the kingdom of God being built is walking in service. Um, I think where it gets mixed up is when the motivation behind why you serve, if that gets twisted. So if the motivation behind why I serve is that I get recognition or I get a pat on the back or I get elevated to a certain stance or whatever it is, then we've missed it. So I, I serve for someone to, to, if I'm ultimately serving, like uh, God's gifted me to teach and to, to pastor and, and these kind of things. So if I, uh, if I only do those things so that people will recognize me, then I, then my motivation is not pure. Right. But if it's done out of uh, the, I want to see the kingdom of God reach the darkest places in the world um, in the name of Jesus be made famous. And it's not about me. Uh, then there's a pure motivation. Mm. So it's ultimately this idea of why do you, why do you serve? So I got a question. So obedience is a practice. It is yeah. a discipline in our lives that the more that we are obedient, the easier it typically gets to obey over time, right? Doesn't mean that what we're saying yes to is going to be easier, but just the discipline of saying yes to God and surrendering myself. And in the same way with sanctification, I mean, it's the growing over time of becoming more like Christ, that he is making me more like himself. So do you think that if... Say that my service is tainted, motivationally speaking, that I, you know, like I'm, I get to serve our church in, in leading worship and say that I'm really all about it and want people to really gas me up, tell me how awesome I am, right? So like if, if I'm just stepping out in obedience and trying to figure out what it looks like to use gifts that God has given me, but I'm ill-motivated, do you think that that's a sign for me that I should get out from what I'm doing that I should be done serving there? Or do you think it's part of the process with sanctification that sometimes we just need to work out that piece? Uh, yeah, I think it could be both. Um, it depends on the situation. Um, so let's say, let's say you, the motivation behind why you lead worship is that you want someone to recognize you and, and to gas you up, as you said. Uh-huh. As as the young people say in the world. Uh, that quote sounded better coming from you than it did for me. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> I'm here to encourage you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> uh so I think I think if that's some innovation and I and you are uh someone calls you on it. Hey Kels, I think uh I think I see this in you. Uh, I wanna in love because I'm I want what you do, I think what your God's ta- uh gifted you with and the talents he's given you can be used for the church to edify the church, to build up the church, to ex- expand the kingdom. I just think your motivation might be wrong. Mm. 
Now, there's going to be two responses to that, right? Right. If that's actually what you're doing, you're either going to bucket that system, yeah, and or that com that correction, and you're just going to be like, no, whatever, I'm gonna do what I want. Like, who are you to tell me anything? Mm. Or it hopefully leads you to repentance. Mm. If if it leads you to repentance, it's something you work through, right? Yeah. Anytime God allows us to have platform, that is something I think we're always going to have to work. Like For sure. dying to self. I think every Christian, that's a daily thing that we have to do, die to ourselves. But if you do not receive it, the correction, the uh, the rebuke, then I do think there is a point where you have to like some either be removed and uh, for a season that while you, while God humbles you, because the reality is, uh, God either allows us to humble ourselves or he's going to humble us. Right. Both are going to be painful. One's way more painful. Yeah. Uh, God humbling you will always be more painful than you, uh, humbling yourself. And so, uh, I, I do think though, the end of the day, I think about like first Peter or not first Peter Philippians one when Paul, uh, yeah, Paul's talking about the advancement of the gospel and he talks about, um, where is it? 15 of chapter one, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill, the latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel, the former. So those doing it out of envy and rivalry, those doing it for selfish gain, the former proclaim Christ, not from selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking in, uh, and afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only then in every way, whether in, pre- in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed and that I rejoice. So there is a point where it doesn't, like Paul is saying like, hey, no matter the motivation, as long as the gospel is being proclaimed, that's awesome. He does go on later to correct that in, in chapter two. But um, but for, for the Christian, like we, why would you not want it to be out of a pure motive? Why would you not want to walk in holiness and godliness and and serving is a natural way of saying, hey, this isn't about me. Right. Now, is there benefits to serving? Do you grow in, like, in, is there gain in that? Yeah. Yeah. But that can't, it can't be about what I'm going to receive from it. Because it's no longer uh, walking in humility and gladness. And I think the most natural way to do this in a way that honors Christ is to just reflect on who he is and what he did on our behalf. Yeah. So if he, uh, Philippians even talks about like uh, emptying himself and becoming servant, dying, dying a death, even a death on the cross in Colossians. And, and so it's like, this is the mindset of like, if this is who Jesus is, son of God, God in flesh, why would I not want to walk in that? Who am I? Like, who am I that I would, uh, would I would think so highly of myself and so uh, so deserving of even what Christ emptied himself of um, and, and became obedient, even obedient to the point of death. So if Christ has called us to serve in this kind of mindset and this kind of capacity, then um, it, can, it can never be from selfish ambition. Not in a way that honors God. Now, will he get glory from it all? 
yeah, he's God and he, he will. Um, but we want to walk in pure motives and pure, in a pure obedience. Yeah, I think a lot of, like a lot of the conversations that I get to have, um, especially like through FCA, when it revolves around service, like every coach wants to know, like what's the, what's the key to improving culture? What's the key to cultivating gratitude? What's the key to humility? You know, whatever it may be. And I think so much of that conversation ends up revolving around service. Like you got to value somebody else more than you value yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think service is the easiest way to head in that direction. Like it's the thing that recenters your heart if you allow it to, if you do it with pure motive. And I don't think that most of the time we start off being super gung-ho of like I'm having the time of my life and I'm really loving, you know, whether it's packing backpacks or stocking the food pantry or holding doors or filling water bottles. I mean, you name it. There's a million ways that we can serve. I don't think anybody just super loves that immediately, but I think the more that we practice service and the more that we die to ourselves in that same practice, the more the more we are in Christ's likeness, but also the more joy that we find in it. I think the gladness that comes with service is not something that happens overnight. No. No. And and that's where we have to understand um this is why it's a, a spiritual discipline. Right. It's a habit that we work, that we have to create in our life of, <clears throat> um, because there's going to be a lot of things that God's going to ask of us to do in service to him, in service to others, that isn't enjoyable. Right. Now, there are people that enjoy those things. Yeah. They want no, they're just naturally humble people. They want no recognition. Right. They want no uh, award for it. But the reality is a lot of the things, because um, we're also battling like the cultural norms of our day where it's like, why would you not, why would you do anything that isn't, that isn't a return on your investment, right? Right. Uh, why would I do anything that isn't advancing me or, uh, or making much of me or making me feel ultimately good, right? That's, it's yeah. an, uh, it's the God of our day is our feelings. Hmm. And, um, and I think understanding, like looking at the life of Jesus, reading through the gospels and seeing how Jesus served, how he was slow to move. He, he met people's needs. He did things that didn't make any sense to the religious. Right. I think about Paul in Colossians one, uh, where he says for this, I toil and struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. And this, Literally, it's translated into the idea of like, I work, I agonize to the point of exhaustion. So this is the apostle, who's probably the greatest missionary to ever live, had a hand in really planting most of the churches in the New Testament, is saying, like, his service to God, this power that God has, by the Holy Spirit, empowers us to walk in, still walking in exhaustion. Like he gives of himself that much. And so, um, yeah. And I think too, like understanding, like I think sometimes we desire the gifts that get us elevated. Right. And not realizing like, Hey, some of the most important gifts in the church are the ones that no one notices. Yeah. Um, 
I think heaven is full of people that no one knows who they are today. Um, they, they are common men and women who, uh, for the joy that was set before them in Christ Jesus, uh, endured difficult, hard things and did it with gladness because they recognized, they recognized that the king of the universe had offered himself to them fully. And so why would you not want to give yourself fully to that? Whether anyone recognizes you, talks about you, writes a book about you one day. I mean, I, I've talked about like at the end of my life, like at my funeral and when I'm gone, what I want my kids and my friends to say about me, the people that knew me, was, man, he loved Jesus. And he gave himself to make that known. Um, and if that's all they know about me, like they're not like, man, he was a good communicator or he... He was a co-host on this podcast. Come on, that reached tens of people. Uh, That's right. Like, but the, to be like, man, he he gave himself, and and asked nothing in return. Hmm. Um, and that's hard because I'm a selfish person. Like, I know that about myself, so I know how much harder I have to work at dying to that. Hmm. That goes. That goes hand in hand with with stewardship. Oh, what a seamless transition! I try, <laughs> I try. <laughs> Not much is seamless for me today, but but that was. Um, but I mean, it, it's the giving of yourself, and it's what you're saying is like I want. I want people to know me for. I want to be known for giving of myself. Yeah. Yes, that is service. That is also stewardship and i think stewardship can get a bad rap sometimes because we think stewardship and we're like bracing ourselves for the money conversation and there's truth in that that's part of being a good steward is i mean using your resources your financial resources a lot of the time sometimes it's just what god has blessed you with whatever that may be and using it in a way that he intended and for his glory but the greatest piece to stewardship is stewarding ourselves, which is how we spend our time. Mm -hmm. And the way that we spend our time is very telling of what is the most important to us. Yeah. The things that we treasure, mm -hmm. the people that we treasure, the environments that we treasure. I mean, you name it. If I were to sit and take a look at the way that you planned your calendar, the way that you spend your time, like, I would know very quickly whether you would agree with it or not what actually matters to you because right. I see what you are willing to sacrifice your convenience to be a part of instead. Yep. And being a good steward for the kingdom means giving of my time mm -hmm. to make the most of Jesus. And the reality is that is never going to be convenient or comfortable. That's right it is always going to require availability that maybe I don't have, but I have to build in. So there is more room for whatever God sees fit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think that is 100% true. If it, and I think even taking a step further, if you show me your calendar and you show me your finances, I'll tell you exactly what you love. Yeah. Um, sucks. 
It does. <laughs> it really sucks. Uh, and it is a clear indicator. And, and that's the thing. Like, I think Christians, we have to get to a point where we're willing to really examine and ask those tough questions. What do I actually love? What do I actually care about? What do I actually want to give my life to? Yeah. And, and those two indicators, how you spend your time and how you spend your, uh, your finances, will show you what you actually care about. Right. And God is not like, you know, there's these like two extremes in the Christian world. You have the prosperity gospel of if you love God, then, uh, and you have this faith in God, God will bless you. He'll give you abundance, which is not necessarily true. Does God allow some people um, to have uh, a certain amount of, uh, finances for the advancement of his kingdom, 100%. But some people he allow, hey, they kind of just make it. Sure. But the, the reality is like the prosperity gospel is a false gospel. Just because you have faith in God and love God does not mean that he will financially give you abundance. Yeah. But the opposite end of this is this po- this poverty gospel. Because, because you love Jesus, you should be poor and you should, and, and you should have nothing. That's not necessarily true either. The reality is, whatever I have, um, I want I want to use it. I want to steward it. I want to be, I want to use it as beneficial for the advancement of the kingdom. So, we talk about a lot here at the church with this idea of God's called us to steward to steward three different things: your time, your talents, and your treasure. And how you do that determines what you truly love. Yeah. That's why Jesus said. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Right. So this idea of like, if I really want to see what my heart desires, what my heart ultimately loves, then I need to be able to reflect. How do I spend my time? Is my time only centered around my selfish desires or what is comfortable? Uh, how, do I, how do I give of my talents? Like what God's gifted me with my talent? Like am I using it just for selfish ambition and selfish gain? Or am I using it for... Uh, in humility that others might be elevated, others might be used, others uh, might know Jesus. And am I using my treasure, my finances, what God, whether it's your cash or the things that God has given you? Like right. uh, Kelsey is the new proud owner of a home. Come on. This is a treasure that she has. Yeah. How is she going to use it? And that and that can that doesn't mean you it, you have to open it up to everyone in the world to come right. into your home. But it is like an idea of like, is this just my own little kingdom that I can do whatever I want to, and then I then I when I go out of my house, no no no, I, I want to make sure whatever I have my the treasures God's given me, uh, that they are not my ultimate treasure that Jesus is. We talk about a lot like. I hear it said a lot and celebrate recovery here. Um, but whatever has our attention is what has our worship. Mm. And so the thing that has my eyes, the thing that has my thoughts, the thing that I continue to put myself towards, if it is not Jesus, ultimately, then I'm not being a good steward. Mm-hmm. Once again, that sucks. Because I think a lot of the time I try to be a good steward 
but my trying and my doing doesn't make up for the posture of my heart. Mm. And it's like the striving of I can just give more money or I can make more time in my schedule when in reality, like being a good steward in the same way that service is about the gladness of the heart, it's the motive behind it. Being a good steward is the same thing. It's having a posture that recognizes that, God, I would have absolutely nothing and I would be absolutely nothing apart from you. And because I know that all I have and all I am is fully accredited to you and I have no role in it whatsoever, I want to do everything I can to elevate and magnify you instead of myself, which it's so easy to get that twisted of I'm good at XYZ or I have blessing xyz you know whatever it may be um to then like try to point back to myself try to make people think a certain thing about me um because we love the way that we're perceived when in reality it's like i can't hide my heart from god like he knows he knows what my goal is he knows what my motive is and if my eyes are fixed on jesus then all the rest of it seems to fade and look much dimmer much smaller and of less importance. But if he's at the forefront, then what would it look like if instead of I sit down every Sunday night and I work through my calendar and I'm trying to look at my week, instead of bringing that to God and saying, here's everything I have to get done, what would it look like if I were to sit with a surrendered heart and say, Lord, what do you see that needs to go? And where do you need more time? Where do you need more room? Whether that's just me and you or you need me to build room into my schedule so that when that young kid reaches out that they just are not in a good place and they need to talk. Like, like, hey, Kelsey, you don't have to just be busy all the time. Like being busy doesn't also make you a good steward. Because yeah. I think that's the flip side is we overcompensate, right? Of, you know, I want to be a good steward. I want to maximize my time and my capacity doing things for the kingdom, that's great. But when we get into such this rush that we have to be busy, we have to do things, do things, do things all the time, well, all of a sudden we've also left God very little room to just have his way in still small moments because there are no still small moments. Even if they're with really good intentions, they can still be ill-motivated because I'm too impatient to allow the Lord to use my time. So instead I'm going to fill my time, how I think he would be the most glorified and then never invite him into that space to say, what do you actually see fit for me? It's good. It's good. So I, I think it's that, I think it's also examining, like what do you actually treasure? What do you actually desire? And then uh, the Christian then has to go, where do I need to die? Hmm. Um, where do I need to die to myself? that Christ might be magnified in it. And so for the type A, that's dying to like having my calendar exactly how I want it. Right. Uh, for the the person that has abundance or the person that is like really like stressed about finances, that's dying to my finances and saying, I want you God to use this. And I, I want to put, as Brian says, I want to put my yes on the table. So whatever you say, because I, I think obedience, even when, like, so uh, here's a hot take. I think obedience when it comes to your finances isn't just giving 10%. Hmm. Um, 
some people that is obedient. But some people God's asked to give more. And so just to check the box off and say, well, I tithed and I'm done. Like if it's just done out of like as a uh, legalistic mindset of I'm checking the box, man, we're missing it. Uh, this idea in the Old Testament tithe literally just meant I brought my first and my best. Um, it is a tenth in the Old Testament, but this idea, like, what, what if God asked, like, what if you could, what if you could live off 10? Like, that's all you needed. Like, there's people that, that's plenty, right? Right. And God's like, hey, I want you to give 50% or whatever it is. I don't know. And that's like, but that's where you come to God and say, hey, God, you've, you've given this to me. Yeah. Whatever it is. I want I want you to use it how you see fit. Would you would you lead me and guide me in this? That's being a good steward. God, you've given me this talent. I don't know exactly how that looks or where I'm supposed to do. Would you make it clear how I am to use this? Yeah. Um Yeah, so I think uh I think that that's what obedience looks like when it comes to both stewardship and serving cuz these two really uh they go hand in hand. Right. Which is why they're in the same week. It's like you did that on purpose. It's like we did this on purpose. That's crazy. I think with, especially with the financial piece of stewardship, I think so much of it is, it's a change in perspective because it is, I mean, it, it's no secret that when things can get tight financially and everybody has seasons where things are tight financially. Mm-hmm. Some people feel like they're in a never-ending season of financial stress. Mm-hmm. Very real. But when when things get tight, it seems like the tithe is the first thing that's movable. Yeah, It's the thing that's the easiest to go. And, and I think that what we miss a lot of times, we talk about this in, in our ministry with FCA, um, your, your tithe, your gift is an invitation for you to be a part of something that's bigger than you. That's right. So good. It's an opportunity to join in with what's already happening. And you can take a step back then. And when you see things that are happening and not in a boastful way, in a very humble, very real way, but it's like when I, when I see the things that are happening at our church and the things that we're able to do in the community and the way that we're able to invest in, missions both foreign missions and local missions whatever it may be it's like when i get to hear that and we celebrate those moments as a church and we rejoice in the things that god has called us to and that we're able to do because of people's financial obedience it's like well as a member of the church that that tithes and that gives to that immediately there's something of joy that wells up in my spirit of like i got to be a part of that like, and it's not a, a boastful, like, like, please hear me with clarity. Like, it's not a boastful that happened because of me, but instead it's, man, God was going to accomplish that whether I was in or not, mm-hmm. but instead he gave me an invitation to be a part. And because I put my yes on the table and I sacrificed something of myself, like I got to see something bigger than me happen. And that is a wonderful joy. Yeah. But, but we have to get past this mindset of I'm losing and I'm struggling and it, it hurts. It is a sacrifice. Yes, it's a sacrifice. <laughs> yes, it, it absolutely is. And 
whether your sacrifice, say that 10% is the number we're sitting clear on. Like if your sacrifice at 10% is like a couple grand, it's like, well, my sacrifice at 10% is looking a lot lower than that. But it, it doesn't mean that my sacrifice is less than yours or it hurts less or it hurts more. But instead, it's getting to experience the joy that comes from being a part of something bigger than you when I get myself out of the way and stop thinking that I'm losing. Really, it's just, it's all gain because the name of Jesus is getting to go further and deeper in people's lives when I'm willing to say yes. And it's like God's not asking that we give back to him as if he needed anything from us. Yeah. And it's like, why would we not want to give time, talent, treasure to a, to the kingdom that cannot be shaken? Mm. Hebrews 12 talks about it. It's like, why would you not, why would you want, like if, for the listener that's big into investment, like I want a return on my investment. We're talking about, we're talking about something that we're giving of ourselves to what will last for eternity. Yeah. The stock market one day could crash, right? I'm not saying like, listen, be wise with your investment. If you have advice for me on how I should invest, hit me up. But I want I want to give of myself to something that will never end. Yeah, I want to give of myself to seeing people come to know Jesus, see lives restored and changed. And there is that beauty, like to be a part of a local church, to invest in what your local church is doing to build the kingdom of God. When you get to hear these stories as you're talking about, there is a part where, because I got to be a part of this. Yeah, I get to be in the trenches, in the investment, in the whatever it is with people seeing the name of Jesus made famous. And yeah. there is like a sense of like God, I just breathes joy on us when that happens. Right. Because we're seeing that our, what we do and what we, what we give, how we serve, whatever it is, is making an impact. And every little bit matters. Um, no one's trying to get rich. We just want to see the kingdom. We want to see the kingdom advance. We want to see darkness push back. Right. And you get to be a part of that. And you've been invited as a believer. You've been invited into that. And so much of it just comes back to we, we are so quick to forget that none of what we have is ours to begin with. That's right. Including our our own lives, our own selves. Like, I don't know, we feel this great need to protect ourselves and to protect everything that could possibly have our names on it. I think part of it's pride. I think part of it's fear. But we're, we're just death gripping anything that could be tied to us when in reality it's like, like Kelsey, you have to remind yourself and remind your soul over and over and over again. You would have absolutely nothing, mm. nothing, if it weren't for God Himself. Sure. Period. The end. But because I'm so quick to forget that, because my eyes are on advancing my career, or my eyes are on, you know, buying the house, or my eyes are on the raise, or my eyes are on just the calendar and the things that I want to do with my time. And it's not that all of those things are bad things. They're not bad things, but we so quickly get things twisted in our heart because 
we would rather elevate ourselves than elevate the name of Jesus. Right. And Jesus came to do things backwards. I mean, that that's the thing we're going back to with service is if the son of man, the son of God himself came not to be served, but to serve. And that's as true as true gets, then I've got to rework my thinking day after day after day in the way that I give of myself and the way I think of myself. Right. I just, I think of myself too highly. I really, <laughs> I really do a lot of the time. Like truth be told, I just, you know, I think I deserve X, Y, Z or like people should see X, Y, Z, whatever it may be. And it's like, man, what an ugly thing to rear its head in me of, I, I get to serve the King of Kings with my whole heart and my whole life. And I'm just taking away from that, not just for me, but for somebody else. Mm. Anytime that I think that I'm the greater than, mm. are you kidding me? Mm. You idiot, Kelsey. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know if anybody else is feeling like an idiot having podcast confessionals, but it's mm. awesome. Uh, it's not, but <laughs> no, but it, like that's listener. Like where, where you're going to see growth in these two areas is when you can see who you really are. Mm. So it is coming to a point of a self-reflection, self-understanding, and then dying to it um, so that Christ will be magnified in your life. Like uh, enemy, the enemy, John 10 says, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and life abundantly. So that means learning to walk, like if, if Christ is offering the abundance, that means that he, though, has to be magnified. That's when John the Baptist says, like, I must decrease so that he will increase. Mm. And that has to be our prayer. Like, Jesus, help me decrease in how I view myself that you might increase uh, in my life. And um, so, yeah, and this is a journey. This is a discipline. Like, no one's, everyone's at it on a different, uh, is at different levels in their life and at different places in this but the goal is look to jesus yeah and move forward serve serve with that mindset i want to see jesus made famous give steward what god has given you time talent treasures in a way that says hey i want to make jesus famous with my life yeah and if you don't know how to do that in a practical way in your life i think a really good thing to do is to get around people that do it more naturally than you do like when you get to see somebody yeah, model selfless service, it should spark something in you of like, man, I feel like I'm missing something because I don't have that kind of joy when I mm-hmm. when I serve. So stay close to those people and don't let it be this place of like shame and guilt, but let it spur you on to desire to just keep going and desire to serve Jesus more wholeheartedly and to grow in your gladness of it. I mean, what an opportunity we get to serve the King of Kings in the quietest, lowest of ways and places, even if it doesn't always feel like that. That's right. Hmm. Man. It's good. 
No, I feel like I need to go reflect for a while. Well, shouldn't we all? We love a podcast that makes us feel like we're doing awesome and then makes us go. <laughs> that was definitely sarcasm, by the way. And then makes us go <laughs> sit and reflect and leads us to repentance. What a, what a kindness of God that he does that for us. That's right. It's good. Sounding extra dry and sarcastic right now. Hey, listener, we're super thankful for you and thankful that you're a part of these conversations and really looking forward to the next couple of weeks uh, for the podcast of just some getting into some hot topics, not like super hot, just mildly warm, if you would say, Um, (laughs) but just talking about some, some different things of just, man, topical struggles, topical things that we wrestle with and are really excited to be opening some of those dialogues up in the weeks to come. So stick around and join us for those. But warm until, topics. Yeah, warm topics, not hot topics. Yeah, I, I kind of hate myself for saying that, but also don't regret what I've done here. So until next time, get low, move slow, and fix your eyes on Jesus. We love you guys. <laughs>